Gordon G. Chang is the author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War and Losing South Korea. Those were booklets released by Encounter Books. His previous books are Nuclear Showdown, North Korea Takes on the World, and The Coming Collapse of China, both from Random House. Gordon has lived and worked in China and Hong Kong for almost two decades, most recently in Shanghai. He's a prolific writer. He's served as a trustee of Cornell University. He's a regular guest on top media outlets. And I get to see him occasionally at conferences with his um, beautiful wife, Lydia, and I regularly look to his Twitter feed for the latest insights. Welcome, Gordon, back to the Economic War Room. Thank you so much, Kevin. You know, um, you've made it obvious. China is at war with us. Sometimes we don't know that, that. Sometimes we don't act like that. Our government seems ignorant of that fact. But you're clearly warning it's only getting worse. Can you bring us up to speed? What are we seeing with China? Well, first of all, Xi Jinping can't stop talking about war. So for the, the day that Janet Yellen arrived in Beijing to try to reestablish communication, where was China's leader? Well, he was talking to the People's Liberation Army's Eastern Theater Command. The Eastern Theater Command is the one that is going to lead the attack on Taiwan. He was telling them, now we have to have breakthroughs and preparedness. It was another of his let's go to war speeches. But that war, by the way, is not just going to be in Asia because we are seeing a surge of Chinese migrants coming across our southern border. You know, most of them, almost all of them are just fleeing from a distressed China, a China that is failing. But some of them are quite disturbing. We are seeing packs of males between, let's say, 5 and 15 in group. Um, they are males of military age. They are unattached to family groups. They pretend not to speak English. And U.S. Customs and Border Protection knows that some of them have connections to the Chinese military. So um, the question is, what's going on here? I think that these are saboteurs. They are going to be the ones attacking America when there is a war in Asia. They're going to be going after our grid. They're going to poison our reservoirs, assassinate officials, detonate bombs in shopping centers, starting wildfires. This is something that the Biden administration is not paying attention to. And, you know, the problem is already bad enough without these additional um, folks because you've got sleeper agents in the U.S. for sure. They're going to work with the consulates and the embassy, with the state banks, the state enterprises. This is a really bad story. Oh, yeah, it is a bad story. And when you talk about how do you get from China to uh, Central America to enter the United States without permission from the Chinese Communist Party, this is a, a nation with social credit scores limiting your ability to travel unless you're towing the government line. This is a nation that tells all their citizens, you're essentially spies for China. All the uh, corporations, you work for the Chinese Communist Party. So I can't even imagine that these are refugees that, that somehow found their way to Central America without permission of the Chinese Communist Party. Is that what you're thinking? I think that that's true for some of them. Uh, I, I think that there is, you know, China allows tourism and it does that for political reasons. Um, but uh, Chinese citizens are taking advantage of that because their country is is in distress. Um, the economy is failing. Property prices are plunging. They're worsening food shortages. There is general discontent. We saw that because of some of these extraordinary protests that began in October of last year, but especially the ones in November. So um, I, I agree with you, 
But the point is that some of these people are finding ways to get out. And that's why we're having this surge of Chinese migrants at our border. This is really, really important because of those two narratives. One of them, China falling apart. Second of all, China planning war on the U.S. on American soil. And, you know, we have these uh, Chinese police stations here in North America. You wonder, even if you got in as a legitimate refugee, couldn't you be blackmailed? We still have your family in Beijing, and therefore you must do this for us. Absolutely. Um, and, and China has done that in the past. Um, it has sent out, for instance, its consular officials, Ministry of State Security agents that have been floating around the U.S., and they have been blackmailing and intimidating Chinese nationals on our soil. And we got to remember that every Chinese national is not only subject to this blackmail, but is under actually a legal compulsion to commit espionage. That's in the 2017 National Intelligence Law. But that's also, of course, because of the Communist Party's top-down system, where no entity in China, no individual can dis disobey an order from the party. Wow. And not only do we have that, in your Twitter feed I've also uh, read where you're worried about, uh, rightly so, I think, uh, diseases coming across our southern border. Not just, the, not just potential militants, not just soldiers or spies or whatever, but just the open border. That causes a lot of problems. Yeah. Michael Yan, who's the great war correspondent, who's been noticing these packs of Chinese males. Um, he, he, by the way, he's ex-special forces, so he's military. He can see military when he knows yeah. military when he sees it. But Michael has recently been reporting about these strange symptoms that are showing up in Panama. And this is course corresponded with an increase in Chinese migrants. Michael um, is wondering whether there is uh, a connection. And, and we have to ask because we don't need any more disease in our country, Kevin. I mean, we just went through COVID-19. More than 1.1 million Americans have been killed, according to Johns Hopkins. This is a strange new pathogen that's apparently coming into our country across our southern border. Well, you wrote the book, uh, uh, the foreword to a book, The CCP is at War with America. I was a part of the Team B, and you wrote the foreword on our book here. Uh, it seems obvious that this was a China-released uh, disease, whether accidental or purposeful, I don't know, but they certainly took advantage of it from the Communist Party standpoint. Once it was released, they took advantage to um, maximize Chinese interests from a hum humanitarian crisis. 100%, Kevin. Um, you know, 99% this was an engineered pathogen, um, but there's 100% we know that once this pathogen got out into Chinese society, China deliberately spread it beyond its borders. They lied about transmissibility. They knew it was highly contagious, told the world it was not. And while they were locking down their own country, they were pressuring others to take arrivals from China without travel restrictions. So clearly, um, this was a deliberate spread of disease. Yeah, there's, I, I think that's obvious. Uh, and I think you're 100% right. You've been on this from the very beginning. But here's my concern. Now they have all these migrants coming, coming across the border. Wouldn't you take that opportunity to spread that disease, as you suggested? But then their capture of the United Nations and the World Health Organization means they can control American policy. We need to take a break. When we come back, let's dive into the Chinese influence in the World Health Organization. 
We're talking with Gordon Chang, who's an expert on China and, and really a true American patriot, and just a tremendous human being and a great friend. But we've been talking about China and how they have been sending migrants across our border, some genuine refugees, but others that are military age and so forth. We also talked about how they spread purposefully uh, COVID uh, after it either leaked from a lab or was engineered to leak or whatever. Now my question is, they've influenced the World Health Organization and the United Nations, and the Biden administration seems just intent on giving up American sovereignty to these globalist organizations that I think have been infiltrated on China. What are your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And, and we can go to January 2020, which was a critical month. Um, we know that that month that um, the Chinese knew that uh, COVID-19 was highly transmissible human to human. Um, and what they did was they told the World Health Organization that it was not. And the WHO, on January 9th and on January 14th, one in a statement and the other in a tweet, told the world that uh, COVID-19 was not readily transmissible human to human. The doctors, by the way, um, the, at the WHO, they knew that this was highly contagious. Um, Maria von Kirchhoff, um, an American epidemiologist, virologist, she said this looked just like MERS because she was a MERS specialist. Um, so she knew that, and, and she was a senior doctor, but nonetheless, the political leadership of WHO purposefully spread a narrative that was not only dangerous because it lulled uh, health officials around the world to sleep, but they, they had to know that this was false. Um, so, you know, you want to talk about deliberate taking of life without justification. I call that murder. China murdered nearly 7 million people, and they did it through, among other things, the World Health Organization. Yeah, it's a form of elite capture. You know, and speaking of murder, what they're doing with the Uyghur population with forced organ harvesting and things like that, that's obvious murder. Um, but this elite capture idea, when they were spreading the disease, I remember Nancy Pelosi and other politicians, American politicians, go out and hug Chinese people in Chinatown and San Francisco. You know, the same people that a few months later were demanding that we lock down, wear masks and, and hide ourselves and stay six feet apart from family members were encouraging in the early days because of this false narrative and the elite capture that the Chinese have obtained. I'm worried about elite capture because I, everything time I read your Twitter feed, it's obvious they're preparing for war and yet we're preparing for peace. And I think that's a real disconnect. What is the role of elite capture in, in spreading this uh, CCP, um, I don't know, disease? Well, let me give you an example on COVID-19. Um, at the end of January 2020, President Trump imposed a travel ban on arrivals from China. So what happened? Well, there was this guy named Joe Biden who called this, quote unquote, xenophobic. Mm. Now, clearly um, what Trump was doing was protecting the American people from people carrying dangerous, a dangerous pathogen. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, there are other Democratic Party figures. But it's also a Republican Party problem because... Um, in Congress, you have Republicans who, um, although they aren't supporters of the Communist Party, they are actually amplifying um, Communist Party narratives because their ideologies coincide. So conservative Republicans are as much a problem as the Democrats and leftists. 
So we've got a problem across our political spectrum, Kevin. We've got to eradicate this problem in some way, um, because if we don't, we're going to lose our country. Oh, I, I have no doubt about that. And I remember being in the Pentagon uh, in 2008 talking about financial warfare, which is written clearly in, in the book, Unrestricted Warfare. They talk about financial warfare. They glorify George Soros. They glorify Osama bin Laden in 1999, you know, two years before 9-11. Uh, and, and I would be looked at by admirals and generals, and they'd say, but China's our friend. China's our banker. They would never want to see any harm. We're their best customer. They always want to see the best for America because they need us. And, and that's just simply not proven to be the case. They've deceived us uh, severely for more than two decades. Well, you know, it's, it's they deceived us, but it's also, as the Chinese will say, and there's this apocryphal story, Yes, we deceived you, but you wanted to be deceived. Mm. Now, you know, every individual's got a different story about why they've been deceived. But clearly, you know, we Americans, we think everybody thinks like us. We believe that we're entitled to be oblivious about what our enemies say about us. China declared a people's war on us in May 2019, and nobody in the U.S. in the political class seems to care. They think, oh, that's just propaganda. Well, no, it's not propaganda. It is ju laying a justification to strike America. As James Lilly, our great ambassador to Beijing at the end of the 1980s and the beginning of the 1990s said, China always telegraphs its punches. Well, China is now telegraphing a punch and we're not paying attention. No, and you're clear in your Twitter feed. You see it all the time. But is there any difference? I mean, Biden administration seems, you know, you look at the Hunter Biden laptop and everything, they seem compromised. Uh, and But you've documented and go back. Is there a difference between what Biden is doing and what previous administrations have done? Well, there's difference with Trump. Um, President Trump broke five decades of engagement uh, because he said, President Trump said the interests of America must come first. But Biden is a continuation of Obama, and Obama was a continuation of George W. Bush, and George W. Bush, and the story goes on. So yeah, this is a disease which cuts across our political spectrum. Liberals and Democrats, Republicans and conservatives, um, they all, for one reason or another, and in different ways, misconceive China. And that is going to be a critical problem for us because we're not defending ourselves. Yeah, there's no question. You look back like in the 1996 presidential campaign between Bill Clinton and Bob Dole and the Chinese government was funneling money into the Democratic National Convention. And, you know, it was known. This isn't conspiracy theories in the New York Times, Washington Post, L.A. Times. Everybody knew it. They got called out on it. They had to send the money back. People went to jail for it. And yet we've kind of forgotten that China was a big threat politically then trying to influence our elections. We made such a huge thing about Russia and Trump and so forth with no, you know, no real smoke even, let alone fire. But there was absolute fire with China as early as 1996. Yes. And the uh, Communist Party favored Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primaries. And they favored Biden over Trump in the general election. And we can see this because of the propaganda and also money flows. Yeah, so what we're going to need to do is take another break. But when we come back after this break, I'd like to talk about what happens if we do everything wrong, which is what we seem to be doing now, and what that will lead to, whether war in Taiwan, war on our shores, you mentioned saboteurs and so forth, but also what we can do right. And more importantly, you've, you've got a heavy emphasis on prayer 
in your Twitter feed. And I want to talk a little bit about the role prayer can play. Let's take a break. Twice in Proverbs it says, uh, the prudent person sees danger coming and prepares for it, but the fool goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. We're talking with Gordon Chang about China. And unfortunately, America has seemed to be foolish going on and on, ignoring the very real, clear, uh, present danger threats that we see. So what's that going to happen? What, what will be the end result of this, Gordon, if we don't change course now? We're going to lose our country, Kevin. Um, and before that, we will lose a war with China. On June 7th, uh, Henry Kissinger, in an interview with Bloomberg, said that uh, war between China and the United States is, quote unquote, probable. Kissinger said something has to change. Well, China's not changing. Well, it could be changing, becoming even more militant. But the Biden administration is not changing their accommodationist policies towards China. They, they think that they are nice, that they can avoid war. Actually, they are opening the door to war. And we saw this, just give you one example, right after the spy balloon incident in January and February, the State Department, uh, this is Reuters reporting, um, postponed actions it had planned to take against China because it didn't want to enrage China so soon after that incident. So what they were doing was they were telling uh, the Chinese uh, leadership, look, Engage in more belligerent activity because we will back down on things that we were going to do anyway. And that means that um, we are, as Kissinger said, we're going to be in war. I, as you're saying this, I'm picturing my recent memory of watching the movie Darkest Hour uh, about Winston Churchill and Neville Chamberlain and appeasing Hitler. And I hear uh, Churchill pounding the table. When will they ever learn? You cannot negotiate with a tiger when your head is in his mouth. Fortunately, our head's not in his mouth at the current moment. We have the opportunity that we can take and strike and make a difference. We have to stand up. No appeasement. So it looks to me like there's going to be an invasion of Taiwan. It looks to me like they're going, planning war on our shores, something Lincoln said wouldn't, wouldn't be possible, but, but this administration's opened the border to make it possible. It looks to me like that they're planning, you know, lining up nations financially and economically through the BRICS and other places to take down America. It seems like we're in a desperate position. Yes, and we need to do everything uh, differently. So, for instance, um, in the United States, we need to close down those six or seven additional police stations um, that are now operating. Um, and we need to close the four Chinese consulates that are being used as bases for subversion and espionage. We need to strip down the embassy staff in Washington just down to the ambassador. We need to close their state banks because they've been laundering money for criminals, Chinese criminals, as well as others. We need to stop investing into China because all of those companies are linked according to their military civil fusion doctrine. So we're financing the Chinese military even when we put money into a nominally private company. We need to stop uh, trade to the greatest extent possible, get our factories off Chinese soil. The list goes on and on, Kevin, but essentially we've got to do everything that we're not doing now. We needed to do that two, three, five, seven, nine years ago. Uh, now it's getting desperate because if we don't do it now, you said we could lose our country, which is just horrifying. 
Uh, but if we do it, is there time, if we pull out, we talked to Roger Robinson and others, if, if we stop right now and get on a war footing, can we win? Well, we certainly can win. I mean, we're a far stronger society than China. And as I mentioned before, China's in a state of distress right now. So it, it, they, they need us so much more than we need them. Um, and it, we can make it clear to China. We can say we will defend Taiwan. We can offer them a mutual defense treaty. We can preposition munitions on the island, something, by the way, we didn't do in Ukraine. Um, and also we could put a tripwire force of uh, U.S. personnel in Taiwan. And, and people will say, yeah, all of this is incredibly risky. And I say saying something is risky is not a meaningful objection at this time, because after more than three decades of truly misguided China and Taiwan and other policies, we have no safe options. So we have got to consider those things which were considered to be unacceptable just or still unacceptable, because that's how dire this situation is. We can rescue it, but we need to have political will. We need to defend ourselves. We've got to recognize what the Chinese are doing because the Chinese are fast preparing to go to war. They're not just talking about it. Xi Jinping can't stop talking about it. He's also, he's rapid military buildup, trying to sanction proof his regime, stockpiling grain, purging the Chinese military of officers who don't want to go to war. He's mobilizing civilians for war. They want to go to war. Now, and I think you're right, and, and the frightening thing is, is that the Biden administration's got a limited life, uh, shelf life itself, and they know that they're getting appeasement from this administration. It's an unknown what's going to happen after the 2024 elections, and so they have a, a, a vested interest in moving more quickly than, than delaying. So it, it, we are at a desperate moment. I mean, if we lost Taiwan Semiconductor, that'd be devastating the world economy. They're talking about the rare earth mineral embargo. And, and I, I read a tweet, you know, there, there are other solutions. If we stand up, we, can, we don't have to back down to those threats. Uh, but you have another solution that you put, and you put it almost daily. I, I love your Twitter feed because you talk about, you say, the devil and all the demons in hell tremble when we pray and our prayers will save the world, so pray. Tell us about your prayer strategy. I believe that America must become moral again. I believe that America must become um, a nation of believers again. Um, and prayer, I believe, has a mystical power which we as humans don't understand. But I believe that if we believe, we can save our country. I believe that we can save this world. And we can do it, and we have to first start with ourselves, and, and that is, as you say, it's prayer. Well, I, I absolutely appreciate you for, for bringing that up. I've heard you in speeches. I see it in your Twitter feed. I know it from your heart, just knowing your family. So I'm very grateful and thankful for that. So where do people learn more? The best place to follow you, is that Twitter? At Twitter, at, at Gordon G. Chang, G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. I archive all my articles for free um, on my website, www.gordonchang.com. Is there a way people can support what you're doing? I, I don't need support, Kevin. I, I just would like people to follow me on Twitter. I just want people to think about these issues. I'm not monetizing this. I practiced law for three decades. I just want to get the message out. Well, how about we support you by praying for you and your family? Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, Gordon. You know, um, we want you to come visit us at Liberty Hawk Ranch. 
And we uh, will. We'll cop copy everything we've talked about and put it in our free economic battle plan. And viewers can go to economicwarroom.com and they can sign up and get these battle plans. And you can learn more about Gordon Chang uh, in the battle plan, also at his Twitter feed. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. That's China included. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.